in, in typical Thai fashion, of course, they sell like five times the amount of tickets for a bus than they actually have seats for the bus. So me and my now wife get on the bus and it is jammed packed, like standing, but even even like no even standing room. And she ended up crouching down, riding from Maha Sedekam down to Buriram, which is a couple hours. She rode down into like the, the storage compartment where they actually store the bags and stuff. I'd have a funny picture of her huddled down with a bunch of other ties all jammed packed in this like where the storage is down on the bottom of the bus. And then I stood or I sat actually and on the seat or on the step up by the driver of the bus and the driver's the shifter, you know, the manual shifter was right between my crotch and I had to keep spreading my legs for 3 hours so he could change gears. Welcome to Brood in Bangkok, the podcast about the people you meet in the city that makes a hard man crumble. Welcome to Brood in Bangkok. It's Karsten. And today I'm here with uh, what might be the internet's best Thai soccer expert. Is that right? <laughs> uh, you could say that. Yeah, that's. I like that. I like that title. <laughs> I don't know how accurate it is, but I like it. Well, that's how I found out about you. I saw your very, very extensive Reddit post about how to visit a local Thai soccer match. Yeah. Well, that information wasn't out there. You know, when I first came and I first went to my first match, I tried searching and there wasn't anything out there, in, at least in English, of course. How did that come to happen, by the way? You went to see a soccer match in Thailand, in Bangkok? Uh, no, the first one I went to was in uh, Buriram. Okay, what? How, how did that come about? Um, well, I had just gotten to Thailand, and I was only there maybe for a couple weeks. And um, I had just gotten the swing of teaching, and we had the first holiday, which was the Queen's birthday. And um, I was going to have an extra day off where I didn't have to be on campus. And so immediately I was like, I got to go. I want to go someplace. I want to get out of town. Um, and I was looking. I wanted to go to see a match because I had prior already studied the TPL and a bunch of stuff about football in Thailand TPL and um, the... The, the Thai Premier League. Yeah. Uh -huh. The Thai Premier League. So I was already somewhat versed in it. So I, I knew the Buriram was the closest team. Um, and so I was looking at getting tickets and I had, that's when I originally was searching Reddit to see if anybody knew about what, where can I get tickets or whatever. And another, another Redditor who, I don't know if he listens to your show, um, had contacted me and said, Hey, I have, my wife's husband gets these free tickets. If you can come here, I can get them to you. His, and his wife's husband, or sorry, her, his wife's father. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. 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 Well, it's, you know, Thailand has some interesting sources. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He set me up with tickets and set me up with a um, good place to stay in town and good restaurant. And just, yeah, he's got a lot of good information. That's amazing. So yeah, that was that was the first match, and so that's what I, I mean. There wasn't any much information about on the internet, at least as far as navigating all of that. Um, mm -hmm. so, and so yeah. Okay, but how did you get into soccer in the first place? Were you already? I mean, you're from the states originally, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm originally from the states. I was a, a very big athlete um, growing up, and so I was. I went to a pretty small school, and if I don't know for who your for, like your foreign listeners, but in the states. High school sports is a very big deal, and I went to a smaller school and I was athletic. And so, if that's the case, you end up playing like all the sports. And so, I played uh, American football in the fall, basketball in the winter, track and field in the spring, and then I played soccer, club soccer in the summer. And so, I was well into athletics for the majority of my life. Okay, why did you pick soccer in Thailand? Um. Well, it's the it's the sport that stuck with me um, the most after I after I grew up and I got out of actually playing sports. As far as watching them, it was uh, it stuck with soccer. Um, I've just been a fanatic about it for years, and so I mean, I was I basically lived and breathed it for I don't know how many years now. And so, of course, when I went to Thailand, it, so much of it was focused on soccer. I brought back so many so many kits and so many scarves and and so much. Yeah, I'm just kind of obsessed with it. So your entire apartment now or an entire house is now full of uh, Thai merchandise? Basically, yeah. And wear all kinds of Thai jerseys. And so when I see people who are familiar with football, they're like, oh, man, what, what's this jersey? What, what is that from? What team is that? I'm like, oh, yeah, it's Kong Ken or whoever, you know. <laughs> Certainly beats the Bia Chang shirt, I guess. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, so your first match, you went to Buriram. Um, you got hooked up. Uh, you got Reddit hooked you up with some tickets and some advice to stay. Uh, what was it like? What's it like to go to a Thai soccer match? Well, you know, I guess the, the the funny part actually starts a bit before. So when we were getting leaving Maha Sedakam to go down to Buriram, um, since it was the holiday, the bu- and I had no idea because I had just kind of gotten there, that the bus were jammed packed. And in typical Thai fashion, of course, they sell like five times the amount of tickets for a bus than they actually have seats for the bus. So me and my now wife get on the bus and it is jammed, packed, like standing, but even even like no even standing room. And she ended up crouching down, riding from Mahasetakam down to Buriram, which is a couple hours. She rode down into like the, the storage compartment where they actually store the bags and stuff with a bunch of other ties. Yeah. I'd have a funny picture of her huddled down with a bunch of other ties, all jammed packed in this, like where the storage is down on the bottom of the bus. And then I stood, or I sat actually in the, on the seat or on the step up by the driver of the bus. And the driver, the shifter, you know, the manual shifter was right between my crotch. And I had to keep spreading my legs for three hours so he could change gears. I was going to ask um, <laughs> who, who had the better deal in terms of seats? <laughs> Neither, neither. I suppose probably me, because at least I was like sitting up. I wasn't crouched, so she had to be bent over like the entire time, and so that's how we were. That's how we got up. To, actually, got to the marriage. Isn't that dark down there? Like, <laughs> did they close the door? Like, was it? Was she? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, of course. And it was so many people, and I mean, I don't even know three or four or five times as many people as there should have been on that bus. Um, so yeah, it was quite claustrophobic and quite hot and very uncomfortable. Yeah, <laughs> afraid of like suffocating or i don't know is there ventilation down there or well you so much with thailand you know you just kind of look around and you're like well if everybody else is doing it then i guess so and what was so funny too when the bus had originally pulled up all the thais just start like bombing the door and just like rushing the door and i was just kind of sitting back like watching i'm like why is everybody freaking out i was like we've got you got a ticket you're gonna get on the bus like you know no problem and then i wasn't realizing that they had sold so many more tickets and they actually had seats for the bus so was it like a government bus or was it like uh i can't now i can't even remember it's been it's been a while now i can't even remember um it wasn't one of those nice overnight buses and we had just gotten because we it was all just a spur of the moment to go down to the match and so we were just like this is the bus we need to be on so let's get on it (laughs) okay you were saying where were you teaching what was that place called uh is a rajabat mahasetakam university uh-huh. It's the actual university, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, one of the Rajabat campuses Isan. up in Isan. In Isan, okay. And you went to the big city to see the football match, or? Yeah, yeah. And so we took the bus down there, and um, it was the day before, and we had picked up the tickets and everything. And then, yeah, the match was was insane. It was completely sold out. Um, so it was a great first match, a first experience. Um, yeah, but it was sold out. Um, Part of it was because of the holiday, they were just doing like a bunch of like extra promotional type things. So they were handing out flags and just like really kind of playing it all up um, and celebrating. And so, yeah, and then Birdie Ram ended up winning. If I remember, they scored a goal in the first half and one in the second half. Um, and yeah, the, sta- the stadium was absolutely packed. And I don't know if you've been to, the, been to that stadium, but it's a beautiful stadium. It's by far the nicest one in, in, in Thailand. Uh-huh. Buriram is kind and, uh, of the best finance club in Thailand. Is that right? Uh, yeah, they definitely are, and I think have had you know they've slipped a bit this year, um, but they've had a, quite a while of being kind of being the top team in the league and having decent success when they play in the the Asian Champions League against you know K- Korean teams and Japanese teams. Um, but now they've kind of slipped a bit now this year. But yeah, Buriram by far one of the biggest teams and most successful. Do you know if they're actually making money or is this all kind of a, a rich man's hobby? Uh, I would assume it would be probably more of a rich man's hobby, especially when you look at ticket prices. I mean, ticket prices are so cheap, so, so cheap. I don't see how <laughs> they would make money with how that. Much? And with merchandising, I'm not sure. How much do they? How much do you pay for the ticket? I think usually, I mean, you can get tickets to the to the Thai Premier League for less than 200 baht. I mean, 100 baht, 120 baht. 
I mean, and it's nothing – you can get them even cheaper than that. Mm-hmm. So it would be quite difficult to make money when you're dealing – especially when dealing with player salaries. And, and the bigger teams are able to get some foreigners, Brazilians and the like. And so I'm assuming that those are pretty – they're bigger salaries and have to deal with visas and a bunch of other stuff. So the Thai teams have foreign players. Uh, the, the, almost all the, the Thai Premier League teams do. Um, and especially all the bigger ones, definitely. Mm-hmm. And and do you know how much they pay them, or is it like? I'm not. No, no, I'm not sure exactly about their salaries. So much. One of the unfortunate things about the Thai Premier League is a lot of that is really, a lot of the information is kind of not so accessible, so friendly accessible for online for English speakers. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of difficult to find a lot of information. Okay, so you went to that first match at Buriram. Um, what is, like is it like uh, how many people fit that stadium? Is it big? I'm sure exactly. I would I would guess probably around thirty thousand. Wow. Um, and it's actually it's, it's quite interesting. But prior to the match, we were staying. I think it's in the um, the Western Hotel in Berliram, and we get there and they were all filled up besides like the suite rooms because of the holidays and the match that was in town. And so we ended up staying on the top floor in the suites, and that was actually where the away team was staying and so when we were like walking up in the hall like all the players were like hanging out in the hallways and then the next morning right like the morning of the match we go down to eat breakfast and the entire team the coaches are all down there and so it's like the entire team and then me and my wife sitting there (laughs) eating before the match um so that was it was just go on did you know any of the players at that point did you know who's who no no no, no. I was. I mean, I kept looking, and I was like trying to figure. I was online looking at the roster, and I was able to figure out a couple of the players because they were wearing like kits that had their numbers on them, uh-huh. like shirts, warm up stuff that had their numbers on them. Um, so I was able to kind of figure out a couple of the players. But it was just a, it was a cool experience, kind of just. And then yeah, when we walked outside, the bus was right outside the hotel. Um, and then yeah, going to the match, uh, the Bertie Rom supporter section is top class. I mean, it's something to behold. That middle section of the stadium is their ultra section and they really go all out and um, it's really, really cool. And so at halftime, I mean, the energy was just really, really electric in the stadium. And that's a, the, the way the stadium is set up. It's kind of like a, a fishbowl. It kind of sits down. Um, and so it really helps to drive the atmosphere. It's not really super open like you might see with some other stadiums. And so it really keeps the sound in and the energy in there. And so at halftime, I had went outside to get a beer and smoke a cigarette, and I had ended up a bunch of other ties had came over and started talking to me and asking me, you know, where are you from and all this sort of stuff. And so I'm sitting there drinking with them. So when we went to go back up to our seats, they were like, no, 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 come with us, come with us, come sit with us. And so me and my wife go, and they were in the supporter section. So in the second half, we go up and we're hanging out in the supporter section, and they are just going wild. Um, because the Buriram led the entire match. They ended up getting the second goal. And so they were just like really, really excited. And it was, I mean, it was so much fun. It was a, an absolute blast. And then after the match, um, we were kind of hanging out. And I wanted to get some pictures of the stadium when it was empty. And so we were like hanging out and letting everybody leave. And we saw one of like what looked like one of the sort of um, leaders of the supporter section. We saw him down towards the bottom of the field and so we had i walked down there to talk to him because i just kind of wanted to see like hey is it possible that i can get like how can i get tickets in the supporter section like how can i can i can i do this next match and he was absolutely livid that we had snuck into the supporter section i mean he was furious that we had snuck into the supporter section and sat with him like yeah, he did. Yeah, he did which is why i had approached him because i had heard him say something in english yeah what did he say to you uh, I think it. I mean, I can't remember actually now, but it ended up being what at least what it seemed to me was that he's very protective of the supporter section, and that he ended up saying that they hold tryouts to get tickets for the supporter section. So if you want to sit there, you have to kind of do like a little tryout where you have to learn so many of the songs, and you have to know like sort of these hand motions or or whatever or the chants, um, and so. He seemed pretty pretty protective, and it seemed maybe like it's somewhat of a, a prestigious, but but those 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 that section is kind of a, a special section for them, and so he wasn't very happy to see some white faces sitting in there that wasn't supposed to be there. 
So you you apologized and left? <laughs> or? Yeah, smile, apologize, and said okay. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, he was was that enough for him? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, he well he had ended up saying his mother, which it's funny he had mentioned his mother like something about his mother being like really upset or something, or she would be upset if she knew or something. Um, and then to come find out after like a, a while later, I was watching videos of just like highlights and stuff online of Birdie Ram. And I saw multiple videos of him and his mother, like in the supporter section and doing like some type of publicity type of things. And so I, I'm not a hundred percent sure what that full story is on that, but it was just amusing to us. <laughs> As you said, which we didn't. Yeah, we brought in there. I mean, we had other other people that brought us into that section, so it wasn't like we were just doing what we weren't supposed to be doing. Huh. And of course, we had no idea like it would be an issue. And you said, okay, that was cool. Let's do that again. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I was sold. And then in there, I mean, that's a really good. I mean, that was a really good introduction. And and to be honest, I think. Maybe with the exception of Mong Tong United, you won't really find a better atmosphere to that scale, to that size than Buriram. I mean, it was really, really good first exposure to the to what Thailand could offer as far as the sport of soccer goes. Did you decide to become a Buriram fan then? Well, you know, being up in Maha Setacom in the Isan, I mean, everybody's a Buriram fan up there. Either you're a Buriram fan or you're a SWAT, cat, a SWAT Cats fan. Um, a Karat fan, and so it's kind of kind of split between the two. Um, but yeah, I mean, you kind of have to be a Buriram fan up there at least, because that's what everybody was. Would not have been looked on fondly if you had chosen your allegiance differently. Yeah, if I wore a Bangkok United kit or something like that, maybe not so much. <laughs> okay, so uh, you mentioned uh, SWAT cats. That- yeah, yeah. That's the- um. That's the team from That's Karat. The, yeah, yep. The team from Karat. Um, they have some. I mean, I think generally too. If you talk to people who really follow the TPL, they'll tell you that Karat fans are kind of known for being some of like the most wild, like kind of passionate fans. Um, and so, yeah, I was able to make it to one of the matches there, um, and it was once again a really a completely different vibe as far as like what Birdiram is, um, but. A lot, a lot of fun on a completely different level. There's a lot of actually some really, really funny pictures of of me hanging out with Karat fans. Um, but yeah, they were. I had this kind of a knack when I when would go to matches. Like I would always end up getting into a group of other Thai people and just hanging out with them for like the entire time we were there. And so Karat was no different. So I ended up hanging out with a group of like really wild fans who were in the supporter section. And it was a very similar thing in the second half. They brought us down into the supporter section and we were right on like field level. And they ended up giving me a microphone to do chants in and, and everything. And they've really packed out that stadium um, in Karat. And Did yeah, it's a, it's a really to do the chants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like here, yeah, uh, and so like uh, uh, so <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and well, a lot of the chants. I mean, you they're uh, they're pretty easy to quick like pick up quickly. They're pretty simple chants. Are they in English or in Thai or both? Okay. And you master. I make sure both. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't know if I mastered them, but was able to scream into a microphone and pass us if I knew them. And they loved it. And they loved it, yeah, yeah. Well, and the Karat, uh, the Karat match was kind of interesting because, you know, Karat's a, a pretty rather large city, and so after the match, we had took a tuk tuk to the match because that we, we couldn't find a taxi at the time, and we hang out at the match. We had this really really good time, um, and then after the match, we I c- continued to hang out with these these people that I had met, and so they wanted to get beers outside the stadium like right after and so we we're all hanging out and so like maybe like 30 minutes has passed or something and i was like and i started to see like the crowds are starting to die down and i was like hey and it's starting to get later i was like hey what about a like taxi and they're like oh no there's no taxis and i was like the tuk-tuk taxi like anything and they're like no no you're not going to get a taxi this late out here and so i was like okay so we're kind of hanging out and like some of the guy ties start to leave and all this sort of stuff and um I'm sort of like, okay, well, how exactly are we going to get home? 
And one of the guys who we're hanging out with, his parents, his mother and father, ran a food stall at the stadium. And mm-hmm. he was like, oh, hey, you know, if you, if you want, you can hang out with us. And if you wait around and help us close down, like, they'll give you a ride afterwards back to your hotel. And so I was like, oh, okay. And so, yeah, we ended up hanging out with them, um, helping them clean up some of the stuff afterwards, helping them, like, load tr- their trucks up with, with their supplies. And ended up staying there for quite a while, several more hours after the match had ended. And it was quite late when we got back. Um, but, yeah, just had to do that to get a ride back home. So like, we'll get back, or back to the hotel. We'll give you a 10-minute ride if you help us for the next three hours. Uh... <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, of course, they wanted to add me to line, and then I ended up talking to them for, for months afterwards. Oh, I would. I, I mean, um, if, if, you know, if I got people to you know, close down my food stall um, for a 10-minute ride home, I would totally add them on line as well. Yeah. It seems like a good deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, but at the time, I, was, I mean, I was pretty drunk at the time, but I was quite happy to get a ride home. Because it was looking like I was going to be walking or something. Is that is that a stadium like far out or is it? Uh, I can't I, I can't exactly remember. It is a bit of the way out. That yeah, um, it's not like right down into the town. So we were staying right. If, you, if you're familiar with Karat, where the mall is at, um, we were staying right there. So I, I'm not sure. I think it's several kilometers away from the stadium. So roughly the distance you could have walked in the time it took to. <laughs> I think if you want to. If you want to walk at midnight. Uh, oh, yeah. well. Okay. So you tour all the clubs. You just want to see what they're all like? Or how do you set out yeah. your match plan? Yeah. I mean, so much of it, um, it's, I, I travel so much just like at the spur of the moment. Um, and so whenever I got time, I went to a bunch of local matches um, in Maha Setacom. And so I was going to every single match that was within or that province um and then any chance to get at when like when we'd get extra time because it's quite difficult because of the, the university we were at of course we have a sign-in policy we have to sign in and sign out and even if you don't have classes we were still required to sign in and sign out and so it kept they kept a pretty short leash in, in some ways and so anytime there was any an extra day or a long weekend or anything like that then i was taken off and we would go to a match or something um so yeah, just sort of whatever was close, whatever could easily get a because so much of it too. It's like you kind of it's if it's this weekend is kind of free, and then you have to look at like well, what what matches are close that I can actually make it to feasibly and make it back. Um, and yeah, and so much of it too, as maybe we'll talk about here in a bit, but with was with some of the matches, it can be quite difficult to navigate as a foreigner um, unless you're you're quite versed um, in traveling in Thailand. And so some of it is just. Well, like specifically when we went to watch a Sarabari match, um, there's just no no tuk-tuks, no taxis, no – what do I want to say? Tourist-friendly or foreigner-friendly infrastructure really as far as uh, – like some of it too, some of these stadiums are pretty rural. And so there's not any hotels or any – I mean like when you're looking at like, okay, well, let's book a hotel in whatever place – and you can't even find anything online. <laughs> like, there's no hotels listed online. Um, so it's kind of, it can be kind of difficult in that way. I mean, Sarabury was very difficult because we could not get. We I found the hotel cl- like wasn't very far from the from the stadium, and when we got there, I was talking to like the hotel owner and asking about transportation to the match, and he was like, "No, you're not going to find anybody that's gonna I mean, no taxi or tuk tuk that's going to take you over there." Um, and so we ended up. He was like, there was a, somebody else staying at the hotel who said they had a cousin who lived nearby that he would probably <laughs> drive us if we paid him. And so, yeah, we ended up having just kind of hire a personal driver who wasn't like an actual driver, just a guy with a car <laughs> to drive us to and from the match. Um, so kind of an, a, rural, so yeah. a rural Isan Uber. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Really, <laughs> on Uber, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that would be a good. That would be a good startup. So, what are these stadiums like? Are they just like you know, if you say rural stadiums, is it just like a, you know, a dirt field, or what's it like? 
Um, I mean, there's a, there's a big fluctuation too. If you look at like two teams in the you know Cerebury and Buriram, I mean, they couldn't be more different as far as the level of of their facilities. I mean, Cerebury looks like a I don't know even how to have, maybe to explain it. Maybe like a a stadium that you might see at a, you know the university stadiums. I'm pretty simple with a track around it type of thing. Um, and then you have Buriram, who's just like a very be- like nice facility with restaurants, and there's a hotel at the sta- stadium in Buriram. Um, but like, if you're talking about rule, like in Mahasetarkam with our Division Two team, I mean, they played some of their matches on the university's soccer pitch, which is pretty basic as far as the the seating um, and what like what the actual stadium is. I mean, it's basically just a grass field with a track around it, um, and then. They ended up getting another stadium. They built another stadium in, in Mahasarakam for their Division Two team. But, I mean, it's quite modest facilities as far as just basic concrete bleachers um, and then no no, no concessions or no stalls or anything. That The only kind of food and drink you get are the, the food carts and stuff that will drive and park around the perimeter of the field. How do all the locals do to go to these uh, um, uh, guests? As you go along with their team and if there's no hotels do they just drive there and back on the same day is it like uh, do they drive for how long do they drive what's well i know that yeah i mean i knew that uh, a lot of the ties up where we were at in, in saracom would drive to a match and back that same day that same night um as far as i'm not sure i mean that's the that's the one thing too i noticed with thai fans is you kind of support your local team and that seems to be really it As far as I mean, it's so often you'll find rabid Thai soccer fans, but 90% of what they care about is the English Premier League, and they may only pay a little bit of attention to the Thai Premier League. So I really think it, a lot of it comes down to you know, do you have a successful team, a local successful team? If so, then yes, you there will be good Thai fans. If not, then not so much. And so I don't really know how many of what traveling fans there are. I mean, I did see traveling fans come, even in the Division Two teams up in Isan, the rural teams. Some of them would travel, but they would have these really, really crappy buses um, that they would travel, but they were only traveling 30 minutes or 45 minutes or an hour. Um, and so well, not very far, of course. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure. I mean, I'm, I would assume with the Buriram fans, absolutely, they do travel because I've seen them at other matches set up um, And so I'm not sure exactly how they how that how they work. Mm-hmm. What's it like in terms of um, safety? Or are you are you at any point ever worried? Is there anything you're uh, concerned about when you go to these matches? I never felt particularly unsafe. I mean, I would I would hazard to guess that with certain matchups between certain teams. Um, that maybe there's some pretty strong emotions. And I don't know if you would ever see any clashes between supporters, like hooliganism, like you would see in Europe or elsewhere. Um, I don't, I've never... Teams that really uh, don't like each other. I think it's a lot of it comes... I think it's a, the Bangkok teams <laughs> generally, which I literally... I mean, I know the least about um, is the Bangkok teams because I wasn't lo- I wasn't really located in Bangkok. Mm-hmm. Um And so I did. I, that's what the teams I know the least about. Um, so I can't. I couldn't really tell you which teams have really, really strong rivalries. Um, but as far as safety, I mean, the the, the, one, the only injury I ever sustained was at a, a match in Sarabury where I was walking, and this is typical Thailand type of story. I was walking out of the the bathroom just like normal, and randomly there was a board. A wooden board with a rusty nail poking directly up, and so I walk just step directly onto the nail and drive the nail through my foot, Ouch. and then now, yeah, and it, then it was pouring down rain at the match, and so I'm standing there with a hole in my foot, like a bloody wet foot, tromping around in the mud, um, with a sandal on, out of <laughs> outside of a dirty bathroom, and so I thought, oh, okay, well, I'm definitely going to have to get some shots probably for this. Did you continue watching the match? Yeah, yeah, stayed there, stayed the whole match, uh, and then went back home the next day. And once I got back into back home, then 
I ended up going to the local hospital to get my foot bandaged and shots. What did your wife say? <laughs> she had been in Thailand a year or so before I got there, so she was she she was the one that showed me so much of the ropes about Thailand, and so I mean so much of just kind of typical typical Isan or typical type of situation where it's like why would there be why why is this old board here with a rusty nail sitting here right outside this bathroom like it makes no sense um but as far as any hooliganism or any violence i never saw anything like that and i never never saw anything even getting remotely close to that um and so i i really wouldn't i wouldn't hazard to guess that i would say any matches that there would be potential hooliganism happening i don't see any foreigners going to because those would be matches in which would be difficult to even get into. What do you mean difficult to get Unless, into? Being able to get tickets or be able to, to get into, they would be the big matchups. I would assume. I, I would assume. Mm-hmm. But I'm not, I'm not sure about um, Although you could – I would – I'd also think – because a lot of people you'll see ask online about getting tickets to matches. And it's – I can't imagine you showing up to any match that you couldn't get a ticket into much like the tie selling, you know, five times the amount of tickets on the bus <laughs> to get to the match. They would not, not sell you a ticket into a match, even if there weren't seats for you. Cause I've been to matches where people literally just have to stand. I mean, you're standing along the perimeter of the mat or the field cause there's no seats. So hmm. what the, do you usually see a lot of foreigners or are you usually the one token guy? <laughs> I've been kind of both. Um, so a decent amount of foreigners in Buriram, um, and I think there's just generally – Buriram has a, such a big pull as far as a following. Um, so they really – a lot of people come out of the woodwork to see them play. Um, so I, I did see a decent amount of foreigners, but then you go to other matches um, like Karat or Saraburi or any of these other teams, and you won't see another foreign face there. Um, we did see a few foreign faces at um, – the, the, some small division two rule teams because a lot of it's you know that's like some of the main entertainment when you're out in Isan like with not much to do um, the match you know the weekend match is really like the main main entertainment and so kind of everybody kind of comes up for that um, and so you do get you do see some of the old foreigners who live up there that come does, to the matches that does sound a bit European that you know you say okay you know on the weekend you do the soccer thing and otherwise there's not much happening it's well, I mean, but that's, I mean, it does sound European and it is in a way, I think, I guess it is. Um, because you look at like, you know, wherever, you know, I, I mean, even like Maha Sedekam, I mean, there's not any other sports, there's not any other festivities, especially in like the Rui Isan areas. And so you, your local Division Two team or Division Three team is all there is. Um, and so I think if you have any interest at least going out, um, I don't know what else there would be to do. <laughs> okay. And these, these guys who go there, um, do you befriend them? Do you, can you relate to them? Or um, I, I never really talked to too many foreigners at any of the matches, but I would always end up talking to Thai people at the matches. Okay. <laughs> Every single match I've ever, been, ever went to, I would befriend random people. Um, I, I mean, I've been interviewed at matches as well, <laughs> randomly. Yeah. Um, hey, foreigner. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Camera have on you your ever, face. Can, have, have you ever seen your appearance? Have you ever seen? No. No. <laughs> no. I have no idea where who those people are. I would assume local. I would assume it shows up on local TV or something. Um, but yeah, I've never. I never saw. I've never seen my face <laughs> on any anything. It wouldn't surprise me though. I do recall when I was in rural Japan, I got actually interviewed by a Japanese television crew mm-hmm. in Japanese. Yeah. I should say I don't speak Japanese. <laughs> well, I don't really speak Thai either. So So they said something to me in Japanese and I just said whatever came to my mind in English. Uh-huh. And, uh, made funny hand gestures to that, and they apparently liked it. And uh, that's enough. Yeah, I never, saw, I never saw what they did with it, but they did mention they were going to put it on television. Would have probably been hilarious. Uh, <laughs> right. So, I mean, you you talked about um, there is like the Division One, uh, the TPL, and then there's uh, Division Two. Is it 
uh, like, what's the difference in going to, if, you know, maybe people come to visit Thailand and they think, okay, what match should we go to? What's the difference between those two type of matches? Uh, several things, several things. Um, of course, I mean, of course, it's basically set up like a typical English pyramid as far as promotion, relegation, and teams moving up. Um, in the pyramid, so the, the Thai football divisions are all set up that way. So, so it does make it interesting. So you do have the, some of the other teams coming up in the divisions and other teams dropping. Um, and so, depending on what team you're seeing and when you're seeing it, they may have been a TPL team that are now a Division One team, or they may have been a Division Two team that are now a Division One, and vice versa. So the hierarchy um, is the top league is the TPL. That, yeah. So exactly, and then Division One. So the TPL has 18 clubs, and then the Division One has 16 clubs. And then when you get into the Division Two, then that becomes a regional league. And so you have, I think it's eight, eight regions with between about a dozen to 14 teams in each region. Um, and that all feeds up the pyramid um, as far as fighting for re um, promotion and relegation. So Division um, One is countrywide. Yes. So yeah. it might be that some team from Gochang has to go to Hat Yai and I don't know drive there 27 hours by bus. So how does that work? I would, yeah, I would assume so. I mean, that's what they used to always say about um, Chiang Rai, which I mean, for some some of those teams coming up to Chiang Rai was quite the quite the travel, and I don't think that those. Those teams are, especially, you know, Bangkok teams or Southern teams where they play half their season, they basically only have to travel an hour away. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's difficult for away matches on some of those, on some of those, um, some of those teams with so much traveling. Um, so, yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay absolutely. Chiang Rai has to, that means Chiang Rai basically has to drive back. Yeah, yeah. So that means you should look at, you know, when Chiang, I'm Chiang Rai sitting seventh right now in the league, so that's quite they do quite well for for the team having to travel so much um and it's obviously kind of difficult um traveling and playing like that um so yeah they, 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 they because have to, all the bangkok teams just throw the match when they go against Chiang Rai. yeah that could be as well yeah um but to go back to your original question about the, the kind of the difference um other than the difference um You will see, obviously, a difference in facilities as far as the level of facilities. And there's quite a disparity between what level – I mean, as far as, like, you look at the nicest clubs and the nicest stadiums and you compare it to the lower ones. That's a very big difference. Um, there's not really sort of like – if you will look at other leagues um, around the world. League. Yeah, even within the same league. Yeah, exactly. And so there's a quite a bit different atmosphere and a different size stadiums and, and different kind of quality of play. Um With with I, I mean say I, I would say at all it, whether it's the TPL or Division Two it's all good fun it's completely different going to a Division Two two match is completely different than going to a Thai Premier League with a Division Two match you're really just kind of interacting with the locals there will be a lot of empty seats um, it's very much uh, I don't know you get a very local vibe to it all. Um, where they still, you know, they still bring in beer, you know, loose beer in the plastic sacks with the straw type of thing. Um, yeah, what's the to, regulation about that? It, it, it varies different. I mean, I've not been to a match yet ever that there weren't, wasn't beer there in the, in the stadium. They will all tell you that you're not supposed to bring beer to your seats. A lot of, almost all of them will sell beer at the actual stadium, but you just can't have it inside the stadium at your seats and i've never been to a match that i d did not see people have beer at the, in the seats um so just typical fashion yeah people sneaking it in um how does that work did they hide it or they well it's kind of a little i mean it's a little bit of everything i've seen them hide it yeah doing the exact thing i've seen people fill up other like random vessels so like uh, just a random cooler Instead of like having it full of beer can like cans of beer or something, right? They just like have it full of like loose beer, um, to like those plastic sacks with beer to just sneaking them up in. There's no security, you know, like you will see at other matches where you would get pat patted down or anything like that. Of course, there's not that, and so um, it's quite easy to sneak anything. And I've never seen anybody say anything to anybody about it. 
Um, and so, yeah, we go into the local matches and stuff. I always felt weird. Like, I don't want to sneak anything in or do anything because I'm the foreigner and I don't know, you know, how things will play out. But every time – it never failed. I would go up to the stadium and then somebody close to me would be drinking beer and then they would talk to me because I was a foreigner and then I would end up – they would end up giving me beer to drink as well. So, um, yeah, it differs from all as far as the rules go. I mean, even on my local team in Maha Setacom, they played on – the university's campus, which is a big no-no as far as having beer, you know, on a, on a college campus. Um, and they still, people would still bring beer and sneak it in. So, I mean, it's probably, I mean, yeah, you, you can always drink. So I would tell other people thinking about going to matches, don't, don't let the fact that somebody, you might read on some rule that says you can't have beer at the stadium or you can't have beer at your seat, but that is like many rules in Thailand that is loosely enforced. Okay. How does how does uh, the sport has? I mean, my impression. I've been in Thailand for a bit more than ten years. And my impression was ten years ago, no one was talking about soccer in Thailand, at least not about local teams. And <clears throat> I've recently, in recent years, I started seeing advertising, especially Buriram in Bangkok. <clears throat> I've seen um, sports store chains in malls <clears throat> start selling uh, merchandise <clears throat> to Thai teams. And, mm -hmm. uh, what kind of development have you seen so far? I think it's 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 a multi-step thing because part of it, I think a lot of it comes down to, I mean, money. There's been a, a, a flush of cash into the Thai Premier League. I think part of it comes from um, the sponsorship, the Toyota sponsorship. Um, part of it comes, I, I would assume, that contract that the TPL signed with True Vision. Um, so I had when I was in Thailand, I had True Vision, and you can watch every single Thai Premier League match every weekend um, through True Vision if you have their sports package. And so they got, I think, the TV sports package. I think the sponsorship of the league um, has really flushed them with cash. I know, <clears throat> um, you know, the Thais are pretty heavily involved in the English Premier League as far as some ownership and some sponsorships. And so I think a lot of it's kind of some cross-promotional stuff with that. Um, and I think part of it too is is Thailand has – so several years ago, I know that Thailand had started to work closely with the J-League in Japan um, as far as using their model for them, to so trying to use their model of success. Um, and it's helped, and I think that's a lot of it has really helped. They brought in some Japanese managers, bat Japanese businessmen to help structure the league better. What's um, the, what's the, and, what, what is it that they're coping from them? What is it, what is that model? I, th I think it's the, I think part of it is how, how can you, how can these Asian teams compete in modern football? And the way that they compete, why, the way with limited resources. I mean, that's really the main issue is they're dealing with limited resources. And so part of it, I think, is the business in which I know very little about, um, other than just the sponsorships and the type of money that they're getting. Um, and but the, the, what I know more about is the actual modeling of the trying to raise the quality of play, um, and the way that they're trying to do that is by bringing in. Brazilian cheaper talent, cheaper foreigner talent to bring in and hope that if we bring in one or two Brazilians on a particular team, that we hope then by our players playing next to these Brazilian players day in and day out, that that will then also help the quality of play. Um, and so part of that is, is bringing in, I mean, almost every single Thai team and, and the same for the J, J League in Japan, almost every single team has kind of a token Brazilian player. Um, and part of that, and it does help, it, it has helped increase the quality of play because one thing that the Thai players are generally pretty good with the technical aspects of the game, but they really struggle with the physicality and the creative aspect of the game. And I think... What does that mean? They see as far as, well, the physicality of actually just size and strength um, in Asian teams always struggle with that when they come up against European teams. Um, but when the creative play is being able to to have a high high footballing in intelligence, so knowing when when to make a certain type of run, when to look for a certain type of pass, um, and thinking more creatively going forward in the attack, and that's something that 
it takes time to foster that in, in, a, in a domestic league. And I think one way that they look to shortcut that is by bringing in Brazilian talent and, and playing them along with their Thai players. And they've also brought in some foreigner managers as well. Um, and so it's, it's been a mix of, of trying to bring in foreign, foreigners to help on the business end and bringing in foreigners actually on the field. Um, Do you have any and I think that that's proved success. Mm-hmm. Do you have any insight on I, how this works on a daily basis? Like, do these Brazilian players walk everywhere with a translator? Or is it that in soccer you don't really need to translate? Or how does that... What, what, what are the practicalities of this? I couldn't, I couldn't say with any certainty. The only thing that I, I know from personal experience is that along with Brazilian players, they also will bring in African players, um, generally from the main countries that you generally think about when you think of African soccer, like Cameroon, Ivory Coast, um, those type of those type of countries. You will see those players at all, all levels of the Thai pyramid. And so even my local team, there was two Africans that played. Um, and I would see them like in town. Like I, I, I remember sitting waiting on a bus with Sorry, uh, team, next to that's uh, which team? Uh, Maha Sercom United. Place in division. Epinison. Oh, that was division two. So that's the third league, basically. Yeah, yeah. And they yeah. have foreign mm-hmm. players. How do they pay them? Like, how does that's that's a question that I and I asked around because I was just very curious and I was also curious about the the visas. How are they over here um, as well? And no one seemed to really know. <laughs> so I, I don't really know. All I know is I know they do they do operate kind of on like they live daily lives like you would expect anybody else to to. Um, so I'm not sure as far as translators. I would think – I mean they would have to. And I know that they have translators with the managers because I've seen like team talks with foreign managers and they do have Thai, Thai translators. Mm. Um, you said you saw so that, and that's, the foreign players daily. Were you, did you get close with anybody of them? Do you know any of them personally? No, not really. No, no. I just interacted with them on a very limited basis. Um, but no, I, I'd watch them. I'd watch them pretty weekly. I mean, I'd watch them weekly, um, but not not any really personal interaction with them in any meaningful way. Mm-hmm. So, where do you think this will go in the future? Well, I think. Um, I mean, there's been, as you said, I mean, there is growth in the Thai league without a doubt. And I would say that investors are probably quite happy with the growth because it's been rapid, even within the three or four years that I've been exposed to, I've seen rapid growth. Um, And so I I would assume that they're going to, things will probably continue. I mean, I, moving forward, I think you're going to have to see the Thailand teams start being more successful in intercontinental play. So they got to start being more successful when they come against Korean teams and the Japanese teams because those the, the Korean and Japanese teams are kind of the peak in for, for Asia as far as club teams go, as far as domestic leagues, with the Saudi Arabia League as well. Um, and so you do see intercontinental play with them, with the Asian Champions League. And so I think – as far as Thailand getting a bigger recognition outside of the country, so, so if we can start seeing Thailand become part of the conversation, um, they're going to have to do start having some success outside of their league, outside of the country. What are some resources you can give to people who are wanting to see more matches? I think how can people find out about good matches to see or what's a good starting point? Do you have some resources? Not, I mean, this is where you've come into the the issue of why I ended up writing that guide. Is there's so little resources in in English for this type of thing? Um, I would I would suggest people to look at um, flashscores.com, which is a very very big website. Um, we'll have all the details. Um, I would suggest people to look at the FIFA qualifying matches because those would be great matches of course and then be paying attention to the Asian um, Champions League um, and there will be some matches being held in Thailand for that and so those would be great great matches to see um, other than that <laughs> really I mean that's why I, like I said that's why I wrote that that guide because there really isn't a whole lot of, of information um, my biggest suggestion is don't be afraid 
make sure you find out when the match is. And it's kind of best if you can check with somebody local because there's they will change matches last at a drop of a hat or they'll move a match or change the time. Um, but don't be afraid to just to go. You don't need a ticket ahead of time. You don't need to do any research ahead of time. Um, just be open to have a good time. And, and you absolutely will. Awesome. We'll also go ahead and link your guide so people can find a link to uh, your guide to soccer in Thailand in the show notes that basically explains how they can go about seeing matches of local teams of local leagues in Bangkok and elsewhere in Thailand, right? Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, John, thank you very much for giving this insight into the world of Thai soccer. Well, thanks for having me. And I hope we'll see more from you as well as from the Thai national team. And um, maybe we'll see some of our listeners at the upcoming matches in Bangkok. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And if you end up going to some of the matches, uh, I would suggest your listeners to, to send me a picture on um, Twitter is the best way, at the foot general on, on Twitter. Um, but please, yeah, send me a picture. So tell me how your time was. Okay, uh, that's on Twitter. Your Twitter uh, is uh, at the Foot General. Yep, that's a good name for Thailand. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, so we'll put all those resources in the show notes so people can find out more. And uh, I definitely recommend them to check out your guide. It's really useful. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you. And I hope um, as we're recording this, you're dreading the arrival of a hurricane in the east. Yeah. So, yeah, Hurricane Matthew. Right. So I do hope that uh, hopefully by the time this uh, recording gets released, we all can look back on that and say, okay, turned out better than we hoped for. Yeah, yeah, yes. And uh, So all the best to you and your wife. Hope she doesn't have to travel in the... Uh, nope. luggage rack anymore and uh, hey, nope. <laughs> <laughs> okay thank you very much thank you Carson and that's it from Brood in Bangkok for this episode if you like the show please go to iTunes and leave it a five star rating if you would like to find out more about the show you can go to broodinbangkok.com and the website will redirect you to more information about the podcast, show notes, and more background information about our guests and anything else you want to know about the show or me. Until next time. Mm-hmm.